Hey guys, Sean from the future here. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that the latest Windows 10 update has presented us with a few problems with our recording software. It's not quite compatible as of mm. yet. So there are a few little problems and hiccups with this episode, but I was able to salvage most of it, and I did not want to deprive you of our top 10 list from the 1950s. So I will, and by I I mean Future Sean, will appear on and off again just to let you know what has been missed. All right, enjoy the rest of the episode from the future. Welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Jackson wants us to do our top ten movies from the 50s. It's been a little while. It has. We've done a bunch of reactions in yep. the last little bit. And so. before that, we also did the uh, female superheroes yeah. top, where we got to talk about Storm and Captain Marvel. I yep. got to tell you about Storm and Captain Marvel. You sure did. <laughs> And we talked about before the Rio Olympics and all of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while. It has been. And Jackson actually asked, so I know, like, I'm really enjoying these, but are you guys going to get back to doing your lists of top tens? Yes. Yes. We are. Yes, we are. Today. Exactly. Uh, So Dave. Yes. Having guessed which plant I watered first today. Good call. Always go with the swamp fern. It always needs water. Right. Gets to go first. <laughs> so, what is your first honorable mention from the 50s? A decade, which I must point out, Dave has seen tons of movies from. Oh, yeah. It's probably, of all the decades, this is one I've seen the most movies from. Oh, yeah. Because they've been around for, like, 70 years. Yeah. So, clearly, the 12 that I'm going to talk about today are not the only 12 movies I've seen from the 50s. They're not, though. Which is key to say. Yes, they're not actually the only movies from the fifties you've seen before because you've watched some so. with me from the fifties that oh. aren't on your list. Okay, so great. Then they're not the only ones from my list. <laughs> Just a heads up for everybody who's hoping we do the forties list. I have been getting those questions. We will because there's no way I can combine the thirties and the forties. None. Uh, Great. But that might take some time. We might have to go forward in time first for Dave's sake. So that Dave has a chance to see enough movies from the 40s to have 12 movies from the 40s? That way I can be on TCM and be like, this one's good, this one's good, uh, this one, this one's from the 40s, watch this. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, I've seen 12 movies from the 40s, here's how they rank. No one can do that list. We'll get there eventually. We will. But... Not today. Just the heads up. I just wanted to address yeah. that because people have been asking for us yeah. to come back to the top tens to wrap up them all totally. up. Going further back than the 50s is going to take some time. Yeah. So we might do like 2000 to 2004 next mm-hmm. as opposed to continuing backwards. Yeah. And if Dave never gets to the point where he's comfortable, maybe when he misses a week, I'll do the top 10 from the 30s or whatever. There or we'll write about it or what, yeah. something. Because well, I can very easily do those decades. Yeah. I mean, I just need the time to be able to sit and watch. Well, I've to, seen some movies from the 40s. I just need to be have. able to see enough to round out a top 10. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. like my goal this year, by the time we do our top 10 movies from 2016, is to have seen 10 movies from 2016. That way one of them's not Aloha, like last year. Yeah. 
It was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> Cameron Crowe. Thank God you're doing roadies now. Yeah. A little bit of redemption. Yeah. Cinderella. All right. Uh, there's going to be a few animated because like, this was kind of the heyday of the... 40s and 50s, yeah. Of the Disney animation. Yep. Um, and and Cinderella was... I mean, I have a few reasons why I like the movie, but it's... I grew up watching it's this bibbidi boop Exactly. Yeah. But I like the animals. I like the, the mice. I was in a production of Cinderella when I was in grade nine. Oh, so, nice. yeah, I played the Duke, who is kind of like... Odd. On the stage play, he's kind of the comic relief along with the king. Yeah. It worked out pretty well. I okay. really had a lot of fun with it. Uh, no, it just it took me a second. I was like, oh, no, that's not who I thought you were... Okay. No, no, the Duke is not very prevalent in the in the in the no. animated movie. No, well, I know movie, the, the so, story. Yeah. And, yeah. But. So anyway, that's who I got to play. I was like, this is this is all right. So we had fun with it. So it's I've kind of got a soft spot for it. Oh, that's fair. Um, it's a great film. There's really no shame is. in putting the early or any Disney film on a list like this. No, there's there's a few on this list for sure. Just because I'm not they're surprised. it's Disney. Like yeah. Disney did animation really well. Yep. And, and this was a good time for it, It too. really was. Yeah, I mean, because then they could, like, you were starting to get into color animation, and, like, it was just, it's it's such a good movie. Wasn't it? Yeah, I'm sure it was before that. Like, <laughs> wasn't Snow White in color? The yeah. first feature-length cartoon they did? Yep, probably. Yeah. That would make sense. It I'm was. Glad I said that. <laughs> Got into a phone conversation with someone the other day about how I just tend to say stupid things. Yep. That's my point, right there. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, yeah. So Cinderella, it's a, it's a great movie. We might as well not dwell too much on it because it's an honorable mention. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, my first honorable mention is the Seventh Seal. Okay. <laughs> exactly. It's basically just Cinderella again. But <laughs> do you know anything about the Seventh Seal? I a little bit. Ingmar Bergman. Okay. Starring Max von Sydow. Uh, it's about a man seeking answers about life and death and okay. the existence of God he's playing. This is what the man playing chess with the Grim Reaper during the plague is from. You have seen it in so oh. many things. You have seen the pictures. You've seen the references. All of that sort of stuff. Yeah. That is the seventh seal. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's a fairly big pull to get that reference, but... Yeah, but like it's in the Muppets. Yeah. The Muppets do Seventh Seal stuff all the time. Right. Uh, like the last, the second Muppet movie? Okay. The, of the new, new ones? Yeah. The one with Tina Fey in it. Yeah. At the beginning, they're talking about, we should do another Muppet movie. And the Swedish chef does that scene. Come on. When he's trying to pitch, like, what they should do. It's like, we should do, a, like, a, a dark existentialist tale. <laughs> he's playing chess <laughs> with a Grim Reaper. And it's like, yes. Ah, uh, the Swedish chef. So that's, that is one of my... Or my first, I guess, honorable mention. Okay. Uh, my second one is way further down on Sean's list, and I don't know how way further down it is. He actually never... on Sean's list. It's actually on Sean's right. top ten, so we're not going to talk about it right now. Nope. Uh, so moving on, back to Sean. My second honorable mention is Forbidden Planet. It is a 50s sci-fi. It's from 1956, but it had Leslie Nielsen is starring in it. What? It's got... He's been so young there. Walter Pigeon. Oh, yeah. He's very young in it. Basically, it's a starship crew goes to investigate why a planetary, like, colony is not responding anymore, and they find 
two colonists who have survived, and they just have to kind of work out what's going on. Okay. It's also got some of the Disney animators in it to tie in. So they animate some of the no stuff. No kidding. In a Disney style, which is really cool. Very cool. It's a very good sci-fi film. It seems like, as I was going through lists of movies from the 50s and yep. trying to figure out you know, what the which ones I've seen and which ones I like the most... This was kind of a heyday for both like cheesy science fiction and westerns. Totally. Which is why my when you sent me your list I'm like there's no westerns on there. A few westerns on I'm here. not sure I've seen any if uh, many if any from the 50s. Yeah, okay. Like I know I I know what Shane is. Yeah. But I've never seen Shane. Uh Right, I'm not like, missing a lot. That's why but, I haven't seen it. Like yeah. apparently the kid's just really whiny and everybody knows the last scene of the movie. Yeah. And I was just like It's kind of been ruined almost yeah. by popular culture just because everybody knows the end of Shane. Yeah. Come back, Shane. Come back, Shane. Like and I think uh. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but not enough to be able to talk about it. Right. Um so I'm not sure like I know there's a lot of John Wayne ones, but I have oh, yeah. I never really got exposed to the John Wayne Westerns growing up and I know I should watch a lot of them, but probably I know I'll get to it. Just add it to my ever-expanding list that I'll eventually Well, if get to. that collection I had ordered you for Christmas, like, two years ago, ever actually had shown up. Yeah. You know, when it... It'll be back in stock in two weeks, and they told me that for a year and a half. I've got a book like that on order right now. Yeah. I feel like eventually it's just going to be like, yeah, we don't... It's not going to happen. We can't get it. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Number ten. All right. Is... I was like, well, we stopped, transition there. we stopped talking, so <laughs> I guess I'll just move on. Anyway, Forbidden Planet. You, oh, right. You'd probably dig it. Yeah. I'm sure you would. That's where we're going with that. And because, yeah, there's a bunch of sci-fi movies that, you know, it's kind of cheesy, but you it, it worked in the in the decade or yeah. in the era. Well, it's a nuclear, nuclear era monster movies as mm-hmm. well. So Yeah, for sure. Well, and, and this was just about the time that, you know, space exploration was starting to be a little bit more prevalent. Yep. And, and so... Sputnik. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so it would make sense why all these kind of came out at that point. Yep. Uh, so yeah, uh, sounds like I've heard of Forbidden Planet. Oh yeah. Future Sean back here again. Unfortunately, the beginning of Dave's number 10 is missing, but I just wanted to let you know that we are going to be talking about Dave's number 10 favorite film from the 1950s, Old Yeller. Once again, from the future. Enjoy. But it's just, it's it's... It's a good movie. Everybody knows. It's another one of those ones where everybody knows it. Yeah. Everybody and I think knows what happens. Nobody really... I mean, at this point, you could talk to somebody about Old Yeller and people who haven't even seen it could probably be like, oh, I know that movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one where the dog gets rabies and, you know, they the kid has to put it down. Timmy or whatever his name is. And it's just like... Yeah. It doesn't really matter what his name is. It's but about growing up and... Yeah. Dealing with change. Becoming a man and, and yeah. just like... Not everything is sunshine and lollipops and... Yep. Yeah. So, so that's my number 10, Old Yeller. Great. Uh, my number 10, <laughs> this is going to blow Dave's mind probably, but I have more westerns than he does. Ooh. Uh, my number 10 is Winchester 73. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of Winchester no. 73? It's a Jimmy Stewart Shelley Winters western from 1950. Oh, so... 50. Jeebus. Barely making this list and not yeah. the 40s. And it is the story of a prized rifle, the Winchester... Eight, okay. Like, 1880... Or 1873. Yeah. And it's it, 
like its story as it moves from person to person and oh, then what happens with the gun and like how Jimmy So you're Stewart's... following the gun and less the character. Right, but you're following Jimmy Stewart because it should be his gun. I don't want to give too much, yeah, okay. much away because this is a western that I think you should see. Yeah. Um but it's yeah. Jimmy Stewart. It's a Jimmy Stewart I didn't western. Know Jimmy Stewart ever made a western. Uh the man who shot Liberty Valance. Uh, Winchester, <laughs> he made tons. <laughs> I just, I'm, like I think I'm just used to like Mr. Smith goes to Washington and Miracle Nine, Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, he's in It's a Wonderful and Life. Wonderful, damn it! We're doing that one on Lunchbox too this year. I, but I always forget which is, and I, I as soon as I started saying, is like that's why I, I hesitate. Is a Miracle? No, this is one I'm of them has wrong. Santa. One yeah. of them has Clarence. Clarence. Yeah, and Clarence, I want to live, Clarence, and yeah, yeah. But I'm just used to those, like, classical Jimmy Stewart. And, like, it's the same as Gregory Peck being Horatio Hornblower. Ah. Right? Like, yeah. Or in Horatio Hornblower. Like, those... Gregory Peck, to me, is Atticus Finch. And so I can't picture him as a war hero. Or just, in that Western where he had a mustache, where I had to pause it and send you a picture of yes, Gregory Peck exactly. with a mustache because it was so weird. Yeah. And so movies like that, like, you think about these classical actors in a certain role. Yeah. And it's hard to picture them in something like a Western. But of course, Jimmy Stewart would be in westerns because it was one of the the the, the best movie forms of the the fifties. Yeah, like Destry Rides Again. But I I get it though because I think Jimmy Stewart. I think movies that are coming up on the list. I think Hitchcock because mm. he did Vertigo and Rear, Rear Window, Window. Yeah, and like yeah, It's yeah. a Wonderful Life. But no, he definitely did. Cool westerns. Well, I will check this one out. So again, that is Winchester seventy three. Winchester seventy three. Okay. And they show that one on TCM tons. Great. Because so it's a Western. So. Sure. And you'll text me when that's happening, and I'll PVR that and add it to the list of movies that I've PVR that I haven't watched yet. <laughs> it's a great system. It really is. Someday it will pay off. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll have, like, mono or something, and I'll just be at home for three days and be like, well, I got nothing else to do but eat soup and watch movies. That sounds like a great few days, actually. actually it does, with the... minus the whole well, mono thing. Well, mono's not terrible. No. Yeah, it could be worse, I guess. Yeah, well, it, it could, like, shingles or something, where it's just Been like... Been there, done that! Exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, mono, it's just like, I have no energy, I don't feel very well. Yeah. Or you get a flu or something for a couple days. Yeah. It would be good just to have soup and watch, knowing what's on your PBR, a lot of really great films. Yeah. That would probably show up on these lists. Probably. Anyway, Dave's number nine. Godzilla. Yep. Had to be there. It's the original. It's yeah, awesome. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it recently with with other Godzilla and monster movies. Yep. Um, it's just, it's. I saw it at a birthday party at the same time I saw King Kong. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was just a one-two punch, and it was like... Which is from the 30s. Put it on your list. Oh, it's on there. Yeah. <laughs> one of the three from the 30s I've seen? Anyway, maybe. I don't know. I think there's two in there. Nobody could see that. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> Sean's got like 50. Um, I already have a 40s list done, so yes. God, come on. (laughs) To be fair, what we're prepping for next year, I already have those lists started. You guys, next year is going to be something special. Oh yeah. Anyway, Godzilla, it's 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 the original. It's a classic. It it is. Godzilla's awesome. Yeah. It's totally a dude in a suit, but it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I've sent you that picture of the guy where it's just the Godzilla legs, and he's like eating a like a hand cone or yeah, something, something like, like that. that. He's just kind of hanging out like this this model village. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. What a cool, cool thing. And like, that's back in the heyday of 
maquettes and models and like you know scale versions of cities. Yeah. Oh. That's just it's a great just, film. Yeah, it really is. And it spawned so much. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's I mean, tons of we don't need to talk about Godzilla. Everybody knows what and who Godzilla is. I would hope so. And if you haven't seen the original Gajira, do it. Yeah. It's fun. It is. It really is. My number nine. Mm-hmm. Continuing the theme. I love of, that every time you read your it's like my number nine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, just like make sure I remember what this is about, so right. I can describe what happens in it. Because Dave hasn't seen the man who never was. It's from 1956. This is the true story of the British attempt to trick the Nazis into weakening Sicily in the 43 by using the dead man with false papers. The story you know from oh, World War yeah. Two. This yeah, is yeah, yeah, the yeah. film. They did a film about it. It's a British film. Because they found like a dead body and dressed him up and like put him in a yes. What, they put him in a sub. Uh, I can't remember what they put him in, but like, or on a on a ship and kind of just sent him a, a drift and like made sure that he got into Nazi hands, right? Yeah, I can't remember if it was a sub or if they had him on a plane and dressed him as a paratrooper. Oh, I can't remember which right. one it was, but yes. Yeah, and basically like made sure that the Nazis got him with all this, all this documentation. This for an invasion. Yep. Oh man, this is the film version of the Brits, like from the organizational side, setting that up. Okay, now they did this. In order to detract or to, to lead them off the scent of D Day, is that the is that right? No, well they've done that. They did this repeatedly through okay. the war. But okay. This one specifically was when they were trying to attack through Italy to march oh, through okay. Italy. Okay. Because they wanted to land in Sicily in forty three. Out of what they had finally established in North Africa, they wanted to push into Sicily to use Italy to get over through Switzerland and into Germany that way, gotcha. rather than trying to invade. Okay. So this is the earlier one. I see. But they have to figure out, because there's also German spies mm-hmm. working in Britain, so they have to figure out, like, who knows what, who can know what, can we stop this from prevent, like, so it's it's a spy thriller, basically, but it's a war drama cool. at the same time. What's it called? The Man Who Knew? The Man Who Never Was. The Man Who Never Was. Okay. So they have to, and yeah, it's not, it's a war movie where practically no war happens. It's all the organizational well, side. One could contend that uh, The Imitation Game is a war movie where there's no war. Yeah, this is more war than that, though. Sure, but, yes. but like, I mean, there's there's espionage there, and, like, it's kind yeah, of Yeah, well, the... it's cracking the enigma. Yeah. That sounds awesome. All right, uh, my number eight... <laughs> oh, that was The Man Who Never Was. Yeah. Just to wrap that oh, one right. up. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. My number eight is another animated one, Lady and the Tramp. Okay. Um, It's not the highest animated one on there, but it's it beats Cinderella. I have more fond memories of this one. Than I do of Cinderella, just because like you like dogs. I like dogs. Uh, I remember vivid- and spaghetti. I do love spaghetti. The Italian and dog owner in me coming together to be like that's that's a good scene. And everybody like that is such an iconic scene. It's yeah. been redone in various different and different media. Simpsons and... have done it, and I mean anybody. If you say to somebody, "Oh, you're having a lady in the tramp moment," everybody knows what the, what you're talking about there. Yep. Um, I've done it like sorting cables and stuff where there's three people going and there's just a pile of lighting cables on the floor and you, and you grab the cables and, uh, you know, somehow two of you grab the same cable and you end up together. It's like, oh, well, that's our lady of the tramp moment, I guess. Yeah. Then you touch noses, right? Obviously. Yeah. Because that's what you do in lighting strikes. Yes. (laughs) Because you've been awake for like 19 hours at that point anyway, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. It stands to reason that the 
next thing you do is just bump noses. Yes. And, like, sniff each other's... Never mind. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) One of the reasons I love this movie, I, I have vivid memories of growing up, and there's the scene where, I guess, spoilers alert for... A movie from the 50s, yeah. which everybody's seen because it's a Disney animated movie. Pretty much. Uh, where Lady is getting hauled off in the in the pound, like in, by the... And the dog catchers. The, by the dog catchers. Yep. And there's dogs barking and everything like that and howling. I remember watching it in my living room and our dog was at the back door just hanging out and he was howling along with the movie. And it was not a single incident. It happened basically every time we watched Lady and the Tramp. So sometimes we watch it just to, to mess with Baron. But that's one of the reasons why I like it so much is because it like it it has nostalgic memories for me right. from when I was growing up. Yeah, no, that's yeah fine. Although the Siamese cats always creep me out. Yeah, that's fair. That We Are Siamese song is weird. Did it help when they were turned into Patty and Selma on The Simpsons? Have you not seen Shady and the Tramp? I don't think so. Yeah, they do. They actually li- literally just do beat for beat Lady and the Tramp, essentially. Where okay. Th- Marge's lady, obviously, and Homer's, Homer's the tramp. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Moe's the bulldog. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I also was a big fan of the whistling beaver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seems like every beaver had to do that, and because they have the teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's my number eight, Lady okay. and the Tramp. My number eight is them from nineteen fifty four. Exactly, them. <laughs> It is about atomic tests creating gigantic ants in New Mexico. What? It is the best of those weird atomic monster movies that the U.S. ever made. Easily the best. Because it made my top ten from the 50s. Yes! That's incredible. It's actually a really good movie. (laughs) I've got Old Yeller and Lady and the Tramp and you've got them? Yep. Man. So how big are these ants? Huge. Like, house size? Uh, the scale kind of shifts around as the movie goes. Sure. Because they continue growing. Oh. But to give you a sense of scale, here's a picture of a lady next to one of the giant ants. Good lord. That's like four times as big as the ant on Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah. Easily. Because. They're, those yeah. ants are the same size, but they're but just the people smaller. people are smaller. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh. Yeah, it's really good. Wow. Because they have to figure out, like, how do you kill a colony of gigantic atomic ants? I want to know how they do this. Exactly. But I don't want you to spoil it for me, because should the movie ever come on... Oh, it, and it does. Okay. It does. I want to make sure that I can watch it and not have it spoiled for me. Yeah, it's one of... Like, I put it on par with Godzilla, as far as how good the monster movie really? is. Really? And the acting's probably better in them. Wow. Because <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's actually like, speaking of Miracle on 34th Street, the guy who played Santa in Miracle on 34th Street is in this movie as the scientist. That's why I said Miracle on 34th Street. I was already thinking ahead to them. Of course you were. Yeah. A movie you've never seen. Exactly. Or heard of before now. Totally. So. Yeah. Them. Uh, Okay. It has an exclamation point at the end. So it is them. Has to. Yeah. What are you scared of? Them. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. It is a great Great, great 50s monster movie. It sounds incredible. Yeah. I would watch that. Especially, do you remember when Derek got me the four movies, the four bad movies? Oh, yeah. Ants and Maximum Overdrive. No, Maximum Overdrive wasn't one of them. That was one that you guys had watched earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, it was Ants and uh, the Great San Francisco Earthquake. Oh, that was so bad. And the day the sky caught fire. 
also awful. And there was another like creature one. So it was like San Francisco and the day the sky caught fire were in one package, and then yeah. ants and like it was like spiders or arachnids or something like that. Oh yeah, killer was, spiders or yeah, something, like, something that. like that. And they were all so bad, like not bad movie bad. They were just bad. Yep. And so this would redeem gigantic ant movies in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. This was. This is good. Oh, that's good to know. Has anybody ever heard? Have we told on the podcast about when we used to give bad movies as gifts? Uh, I think that was Lost Episodes. Okay. Well, if anybody wants to know the reasoning, they can ask us, I guess. Yeah, we could talk about bad movies and bad yeah. movie nights. Just we have to could. ask. Yep. Uh, so that was them. Them! Oh, that was them! And that was your number eight. That was my number eight. My number seven is 12 Angry Men. Yeah, I, I knew it would be on here. I'm actually surprised it's this low, Yeah. to be honest, considering how much you do like that film. Yeah, it's the film. I, I love the movie, but... I mean, my top six, I just really like those movies. So yeah, that's fair. It's hard not to, it's hard to, I was really debating, I was like, ah, oh, this should be, I can't, I can't put it lower. Everybody, I mean, all, most of my movies, everybody really kind of knows. Yeah, that's but, what you're here for, Dave. Uh, it's it's literally I'm, why I'm you're Dave here. Dave man here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good call, Billy Everyteen. <laughs> <laughs> The Futurama reference too. Switch. His name is literally John Everyman. And a Family Guy reference. <laughs> now he just needs South Park, and we've got all four. There you go. I'm sure we'll be able to find a way in there. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see the movie until after I designed the show because I, I mean. Okay. Yeah. Which, and the play is better than the. The play film. is better than the film. The play is very, very good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um. Often I won't watch movies if I'm designing because I don't want the movie to influence my design. Till after. Till after. Yeah. But that's usually as a set designer, not as a lighting designer. This right. one I was just like, oh, I'm doing 12 Angry Men. And then I happened to be in HMV or something. It was on for like five bucks. I was like, cool. I'll yeah. buy that. And so I picked up 12 Angry Men. It's very good. It is. And I love the story behind just the the, the 12 Angry Men story. And I just like yep. watching, it is Jimmy Stewart, right? No, Henry no, no. Fonda? Yeah, Henry Fonda. Yeah. I like watching him just kind of pick away at everybody's logic and everybody's theories and yeah, and spin it so that they start understanding his side of the argument. Right. And just watching him being all alone to him basically being along with everybody else except that one holdout until right at the end. And yep. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a really, it's a really interesting arc and just, it's it's a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Total Angry Man. I have... We've talked about 12 Angry Men on several occasions. I've, because of the breadth of the 50s movies that I've seen, I have a couple that are coming still that I think are better courtroom films. Oh, okay. But I do appreciate 12 Angry Men for what it is. But like I said, I think the play is better. Yeah. But that's just what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I agree. I do do prefer the play. Yeah. Because it gets more to the point and it's... Exactly. We did the play in 90 minutes. We did it one act and we just flew through it. Once it picks up steam, then it just... Halls. Yeah. Whereas the film has a tendency to every once in a while just kind of drag itself a bit. And yeah. it's like, okay, fine, yeah. but can we just get back to what we were... Okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my number seven is The Bad and the Beautiful. Uh, I'm th- I think you mean The Bold and the Beautiful, and that's a soap opera. I don't. I mean The <laughs> Bad and the Beautiful. Okay, what is The Bad and the Beautiful? It's about a movie producer who uses an actress, a director, and a writer to achieve success. So it's essentially, it's a melodrama about the shady kind of side of 30s, 40s, 50s Hollywood. 
Okay. On uh, the outside and inside the studio system, uh, starring Lana Turner and Kirk Douglas with Walter Pidgeon. I don't know how else to describe it. It's one of the best Hollywood on Hollywood films ever. It's mostly told in flashback, so you'll meet... I don't want to give away too much, but let's say you meet the director, and then for 45 minutes you get the director's side of how this producer... And it's kind of... It's not based on anyone, wink, but it's kind of loosely based on a few of the super big power producers of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. You don't need to know that or know them for this to work. Right. But you just need to have that idea of that, like, some of these guys were... Like, they just used people and threw them away. Okay. And that's, that's kind of the idea. So you're watching that, but you're watching how, while he did personally bad things to a lot of these people, you're seeing how all of their careers intertwine and all of their lives intertwine through him. Okay. And how their success comes from him. And you get to see some of the filmmaking process of cool. the era and all that so sort of stuff. So it's kind of meta, but not meta. It's very much exactly like that, yeah. Cool. It's meta, but it's not I love that. Yeah. And that's The Bad and the Beautiful. Yes. <clears throat> okay. That's uh, by Vincenti Minnelli is the director. Okay. Like, is it Liza Minnelli? Her dad, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Judy Garland's yeah. baby daddy. Or, sorry, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. In a, yeah, okay. Yes. They met on Meet Me in St. Louis. Cool. A film that barely, well, would be close to my list for the 40s. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, so a lot of that movie is in flashbacks and people yes. kind of telling their side of the story. Right. Wow. Because they're because con- he's down on. This doesn't give anything away because it's at the beginning. The producer is down on his luck. Okay. His films have failed, so he needs something. So he's going back to these three people, who he used to get to the top, who are now still successful, but he is not. I see. So he so through the flashbacks we're learning <laughs> why they will or won't work with him and what their relationship was and how Hollywood worked at the time and all of that sort of stuff so it's a bunch of different people using their vantage point yeah awesome I can't believe that ties into my next one kind of kind of in the sense okay my, so my number six is Rashomon by Akira Kurosawa yep and it's the only Kurosawa movie I've seen so far because it was the shortest one that I was able to watch. I thought you'd watched Sanjuro. No, I've only seen... I had uh, both of them, but Sanjuro was longer. No, it's not. Oh. Sanjuro's an hour and a half. It is the shortest of Kurosawa's oh. samurai films. That I know of, at least. All right. Well, for some reason, I picked this one. Okay. Maybe it was... It could have been one of those things, like, on, on TCM, where they... It's like... It records two and a half hours, or, like, two hours and ten minutes, you were, but... We were like, I never watched... Dave came over one day and I'm like, "Oh, did you watch?" I don't remember what it was. Like you're like, "No, no, it's two and a half hours." I'm like, "No, it's it's like an hour and thirty eight minutes." Yeah, and I'm sure that's probably what happened with Sanjuro. Gotcha. Um, because I like on the two times Rashomon was shorter, and I was like, "Okay, no. well, that's the one I'll watch." <laughs> Sanjuro's like ninety minutes long. Oh, well, okay. I just assumed that all Kurosawa's movies were long. Most of them are like yeah. two to four hours. Yeah. As we'll talk about later. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, the Rashomon is about... There's basically been a, a murder and rape that's happened in outside this, this town. Yep. And so we get retelling of this story from the different people who were there yep. and witnessed this, including a dead guy. Yeah. They, like, they bring some sort of... What would, I don't even know what you would call him, but, like, he brings them... Brings, they come in and he basically speaks as the dead man. Yep. And 
conjures up his spirit. It's and Essentially, it's a spiritualist. Yeah, yeah. And he conjures up this dead man's spirit, and he talks about... It's crazy. I still remember when you texted me. It's like, is this dead guy narrating the film now? I'm like, yep. I also know what you're watching now. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's a very strange movie, but very good. Yes. It's very well done. And like, just, I could see why Kurosawa was so popular. He certainly has a style unto himself. Oh, and, he does. But it was like, I was compelled by the story and it was a weird story, but oh, yeah. very, very good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give anything more away and it's been a while since I've seen it. That's but, also the trick with Rashomon is yeah. to know the ending kind of is like, ah. Oh. Yeah. So I'm just going to leave it at that and suggest that you guys all PVR Rashomon. Yeah. Yeah. Because it'll be on eventually again. Oh, it definitely will. They always do. TCM does Kurosawa Nights. Yeah. That's pretty much the only channel you'll find it on. Yeah. I'm sure you could find it for like two bucks to rent places. If you wanted to, but it'll come up at some point on TCM. If you don't have TCM. If you don't have TCM, that's true. Yeah. Number six. Yep. Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes! That's my honorable mention. Yeah. Uh... The reason it's my honorable mention is because I still haven't seen <laughs> the, the linchpin scene. <laughs> uh, but that's because my PVR messed up before I switched to Talus. And yeah. so I have it PVR. It's just I don't want to just fast forward to the last 20 minutes to watch that. I want to watch it from the beginning again. So you have to be in the right mood, too. And it's a longer movie. And it's just it like is. there's a lot, of, a lot of reasons I haven't. But I've seen enough of it that I can actually talk about it. Yep. Which is probably the only time this is going to happen. Yeah. So let's enjoy it. Absolutely. Although I've seen all of yours. Yeah. So. I wasn't surprised. No. Well, I mean, a lot of mine, a lot of people have seen. Yeah, exactly. Well, and Rashomon you watched because of me. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. British colonel cooperates to oversee the construction of a bridge for Japan. Yeah. And then also sort of helps the allies destroy it. Mm-hmm. There's the movie. Basically. In, <laughs> it's a two and a half hour movie broken down to that. Yeah. But it's tremendous. And there's some phenomenal performers in it. Well, it's about the men and it's about the experience. And it's about like, there is that sense of Britishness where they start finding pride in building this bridge. Yeah. And then what do you do when the allies want to take it out? Yeah. Like, how does that make you feel as someone like you've spent so long and so much of your life now locked in this jungle building a bridge? And now it's like, oh, we want to explode it. Yep. Oh. Bring it back. Absolutely. Plug to last week's Absolutely. episode. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. I don't, everybody I don't know what knows else to say. Everybody's heard of it. Everybody knows the like the opening tune. Probably. Yeah. Like everybody everybody's heard that at some point in their life. In something. The Simpsons. Yep. The the Michael Jackson episode. Like it's it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. Somebody has some sort of everybody has some sort of connection to that movie. Yep. So, so it's, it's it's definitely worth checking out and seeing apparently the full thing. Yeah. Oh man, the the ending. The, like you don't even know what goes on <laughs> until you've seen the last twenty minutes of that movie. Which is actually kind of fair because everything happens. Everything builds up to that. I yeah. was like, it was. You missed the climax. It was literally forty-five seconds away from the explosion. Mm. I saw it coming. They had laid all the they had laid all the the charges and everything like that, and they were running the lines. And like, I'm sure it was. I guarantee you, it was imminent, and it just froze. And then by the time the, the picture started back up again, it was just planks of wood. 
I was furious. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's so, bad. So I switched cable companies. Yeah, and haven't had that happen yet since. So I'm gonna knock on some wood there. Yep. But. And for future reference, the our table is wood. It's actually made out of wood. Oh well, there we it's go. It's just painted and kind of oh, weird and wonderful. thin. But yeah. yeah. So that's that's a good place to to bring in some advertising, I guess. All right. Well, the second half of our list will be brought to you by Pickles the Cat Clown. Are you throwing a party or event for your cat? Is your corporate retreat needing a boost of excitement? Pickles can offer you a refreshing and new performance, including balloon work, acrobatics, and hilarious one-of-a-kind naps. That's Pickles, the cat clown. And we're back. And my top top five. I'm just going to tell you all five of them right now. That's what's <laughs> happening. My number five is yet another animated movie. It is fairly well known that I like animated movies in general. Right. So I'm not surprised that there's this many on here. No, I'm not either. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my number five is Alice in Wonderland. Great. Yeah. It's all about the Cheshire Cat for me. Love that cat. <laughs> Love the Cheshire Cat. Did you know, this is kind of a, an aside, but did you know that there's... We almost made it 27 seconds into well... the first segment. <laughs> Second segment. Second segment. This still has a, a, a tie line in it, but okay. did you know that there is invisible, or not invisible ink, but like uh, tattoo ink that glows in the dark? Yeah. My friend Ashley wants to get a tattoo with the Cheshire Cat and like have the eyes all the time, but have the rest of it in glow in the dark ink. Oh, cool. And then so when you see it under the, the right light, all of a sudden the Cheshire Cat appears. Yeah. That would be a very cool tattoo. That would be cool. Um, but yeah, the Cheshire Cat's great. I, I'm a big fan of like, I just like the characters in general. Sure. I didn't love the movie growing up. It wasn't my... Not a go-to my, Disney no. film. Yeah. And we never had it on VHS or anything like that. But the older I get, the more I appreciate Lewis Carroll and just kind of... Gotcha. The, the the Alice story and everything like that and yeah. all the, the different pop culture references to it. I really do appreciate that movie. Right. And so the older I get, the more I appreciate it, which is why it's kind of right in the, the netherworld the of my top five. Yeah. Yeah. Netherworld. It's your fifth favorite movie from a decade. <laughs> exactly. To be fair, like that's pretty good. That is pretty good. But I mean, like that's why it's not lower on my or higher on my top five. Okay. Yeah. But I felt like it was, it deserved more more ranking than Old Yeller or Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, you know? that's fair. Yeah. So what's your favorite part rather than, because everybody knows Alice in Wonderland, so what's your favorite part of your second favorite animated film? Yeah, second favorite. Yeah. Um, From the 50s? I like once like once she goes down the, the rabbit hole and like trying to find that, that equilibrium between the, like growing too big and then being too small. Right. Um... Just finding that, that, that balance before she actually gets into the Wonderland, for some reason, that always stuck with me. Okay, sure. Yeah. Now, do you have a particularly favorite moment? Other or, than the Cheshire other Cat? Than the, other than the Cheshire uh, Cat. I, the Caterpillar. Like, yeah. The Caterpillar. The it's so caterpillar. weird, but yeah. it's so awesome at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. I also appreciate that um, Jefferson Airplane sings White Rabbit about Alice in Wonderland. Yep. And it is, without question, one of my favorite songs from the 60s. I don't think that's been on throwback tracks yet. I don't think it, it is. Plug to been. our yeah our Thursday old school music feature. Yeah, we did. Oh man, I did somebody to love. Yeah, yeah. A year ago, uh, Stage West did Rumors and Dreams, which is all about Fleetwood Mac. Right. Uh, but they also because Fleetwood Mac also kind of ch- uh, chummed around with with Jefferson Airplane and. Yep. 
um, heart. We did moments, you know, we did like a, a Jefferson Airplane segment to end the first act. Cool. And the last song that they did was White Rabbit. And the girl who sang it, Nikki, had just tremendous pipes. She could just belt it out. She sounded so much like Grace Slick. My first voice teacher sang in a cover band. She was a dead ringer. Nice. Or like you it's haunting really? listening to Tanya say yes. Yeah, it was amazing. So cool. So I can imagine yeah. hearing that song live is ridiculous. Yeah. And just the way I lit it, like it was just so trippy and, and acidic, I guess. It was yeah. I, I have a soft spot for that song. And apparently the director of that show knows Grace Slick and now she's an artist, like she's a painter. Oh yeah. And yeah. she paints white rabbits. Cool. So like it on all... white rabbits or pictures of white rabbits? <laughs> pictures of white rabbits. It's a fair that question. That is a fair question. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah. On canvas of white rabbits or other mediums, but she yeah. doesn't paint on she actual, doesn't paint on actual rabbits. rabbits, which would kind of be amazing. It kind of would that's be actually. That's a whole different art form. Yeah. It's something that I could see Grace Slick doing. That's why I yeah, asked. For sure. Half joke, half like it's possible. <laughs> yeah, without I wouldn't question. be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My number five is Witness for the Prosecution, the okay. first of the courtroom dramas that I prefer to okay. 12 Angry Men. Uh, it's a British one-ish. Okay. It's about a veteran barrister who has to defend his client in a murder trial that is just, it's endless surprises and twists. Really? Uh, it's Charles Lawton plays the barrister. You know who Charles Lawton is? I absolutely know the name, so as soon as I saw a picture, I know I would know him. You definitely know Charles Lawton. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so he plays the barrister. Uh, and Marlena Dietrich and Tyrone Power, who are at both times like a witness, but suspects, and you're not sure what's going on where, and okay. all that sort of stuff. Cool. Yeah. There's something about courtroom dramas, hey? Yeah, I really like them. Like, we've got two on here, and it sounds like you have at least one more on your on your list. There's so one more, yeah. There's just something about the... It's, it's like a whodunit, but without, but without uh, like, detectives. Yeah. I mean, unless they're on the witness stand, but there's just something, I don't know, there's something trying to get the truth out of everybody, and I think that's why I like A Few Good Men so much, and there's just something about a good courtroom drama. Yeah, exactly. And, huh. this, and this is a very good one, especially because this is one of the rare ones that we get to see over here, I suppose, that is more similar to the way our law legal system works. Because it's barristers, and it's the British-style law, and right. it's that sort of thing. It's not like there's a judge and two lawyers who are wearing suits who mm-hmm. can yell, no, this is like he Charles Lawton is wearing the wig and has the little tie. Amazing. And, yeah. And it's an older Charles Lawton, too, so he kind of plays like a grumpy old man who yeah. doesn't want to be doing this, but is the best at what he does. Right. So... Cool. Yeah, it's very, very good. Okay. So that is Witness for the Prosecution. It's from 1957. Okay. And that's your number five. That is my number five. My number four, I just, it might be the most recent uh, 50s movie I've seen. Okay. Not recent in the, uh, most (laughs) recent for me, not, it hasn't come out most recently. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. It's the only James Dean movie I've seen thus far. Okay. Because he only made three, right? Giant East of Eden, Rebel Without a Cause. There might be another one, but like he, there's he not many in the single digits. Like not like a handful of movies. Yeah, uh, and I haven't seen East of Eden yet. It's just right. It was about a year ago. I was looking for something to watch, and we we're like, oh, Rebel Without a Cause. Neither of yeah. us have seen that. Let's check that out. It's really good. It is very good. Um, yep. yeah, like every 
he was so iconic and I just wasn't sure what to expect and it's just like I thought it was more about car racing and and like there's that one scene and that's kind of it yeah it's mostly about the destruction of the norm of the American family with the American youth movement yeah which is <laughs> that's that's what I was gonna say too Sean just beat me to it yeah so. well you paused that was clearly an invitation for you to, to finish my sentence. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's it's really cool. Um, and, I mean, I know they've kind of spoofed it on The Simpsons, oh, but have. even that wasn't enough. Like, there's some movies, or there's some episodes of The Simpsons where it's like, Bart the General is basically... Patton. Patton. Yeah. Whereas, they just, like, little clips here and there, so you don't really get an idea of what the movie is until you actually watch it. Right. Uh, but I'm I'm glad I did. It's you know he's he's so good and he's very very good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the ending shocked me. Oh yeah, yeah. I could see that. I, I don't again. As I know. I, I don't want to say anything because it's, I don't know who hasn't seen it. Who's listening? Because you should. Yeah, you really should check that out. And it's from the '50s, so I mean. But I saw it a year ago, and I was shocked by the ending. So it's yep. like it's not one where everybody knows the ending to it. No. So I don't want to... It's not Lady and the Tramp. Exactly. Everybody knows what happens there. Aliens. <laughs> so... Precisely. So I don't want to say anything because if you get a chance to see it, I think you'll be intrigued by the way it, it, yeah. it finishes. So I'm not going to say much. I think you'll like East of Eden. It's... Well, it's long. Sure. Which is, makes it always harder for you because you never have the two and a half to three hours sometimes you need for some mm-hmm. of these. Giant's even longer. Giant, okay. I wasn't crazy about. Is that right? But East of Eden is quite good. Okay. Um, I'm just double checking to see if there. I'm sure it's. I, I sh, I'm sure I heard it was only just the three movies that he was in. James, not James Franco. James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause, East of Eden, Giant, General Electric. Oh, he's been in a few. Yeah. Crossroads, but I think a lot of them was like bit parts. I think he starred in just a handful. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Although also, technically, he's not the star of Giant, but yeah. Sure. Apparently, the woman who plays Jerry's mom in Seinfeld was engaged to James Dean. Yeah. I don't know if like they were engaged when he died or if they had a brief engagement and then called it off, but at one point... I'm not sure, and at, uh, the era is kind of odd about that. Yeah. Because some of them are not so much engaged, but it's publicity engaged because she's the starlet and he's James yeah. Dean. And so, yeah. It could be, but know. anyway, I just was like, oh, that's an interesting little side note. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get too much into to Rebel Without a Cause beyond what we've already talked about because people really should check this one out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. My number four is a movie that I talk about a lot on this podcast. Okay. Um, because it's Seven Samurai. I mention sure. this movie all the time. Well, especially because every time we talk about The Magnificent Seven, yep. you talk about And you're like, I don't know Samurai. how I feel about this remake. And I'm like, yep, that Magnificent Seven was totally pointless. I already had The Seven Samurai. Yeah. So it's it's a poor village is under attack by bandits. Uh-huh. So they go into a city and hire Ronin to protect them from the bandits. And it's three and a half hours long. And it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, The Magnificent Seven is what, two and a half hours long or something like that? And... Uh, no. Maybe, maybe two and a half? Like, this one is significantly longer than than The Magnificent Seven, I assume. Yes, it's an hour and a half longer. Magnificent Seven is two hours long. Okay. 
so yeah, like that's that's. I think this is another one I've got on my PBR. But I'm like, I need three and a half hours to watch this movie. And you need three and a half hours, and that's not taking a break in the three and a half hours. Well, Although and there might be an intermission. I don't remember. It's one of those movies where, like, you need your full focus because it's subtitled. Yep. You need to make sure that everything... Either you learn Japanese or you read the subtitles. Well, I do know, like, three Japanese words, so that's probably enough, right? I'm sure they use them at least once, (laughs) right? I assume so, and I'm sure that they say it fast enough that I would be able to actually catch it. Or slow enough. It's like watching... I used to be able to... I used to consider myself bilingual in French and English. Right. And I would watch, like, movies that I've seen in English on the French channel and see if I could follow along. And I was like, I, mm, they're nope. talking way too fast for nope. me. <laughs> so the, the, the two, three Japanese words that I know, I'm sure if they, like, at some point, I'm sure they say sayonara and I'll be like, I got that one. Bam. But that's about it. So you can't be half focused. This no. is one of those ones. It's like watching Narcos. You have to be focusing all the time because as soon as they switch languages, you have to be able to, to know what they're saying. Yes. Because it's important. Yes, it is. It's very important. But it's it's gorgeous. It's Akira Kurosawa. It's one of his best. It's been remade how many times? And the story is... It's such an iconic and simple story that it works. Right. Um, you might... One character takes some getting used to. Okay. The blustery one. Okay. Takes some getting used to. Like in the Western, you kind of get it. In this, because it is Ronin, it's very different. Right. So, But once you get used to it, like once the kind of power structure of the Seven is established, it's amazing. Okay. But at first when like the really like, I'm the greatest samurai that ever was, blurp, 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 that guy. Right. Might get on your nerves a little bit. But see, so you just have to get through it. But it's a brilliant film. Cool. Great. That that I mean, I love the Magnificent Seven, and it is one of those ones. I'm like, if I if I like this movie this much, I should see the original yeah. that spurred the remake. Yep. So it will happen. Yeah. When I have four hours. Way different ending. Interesting. Okay. Way different ending. I like movies like that. I like movies where there's a where you get the remake, but like the Italian Job. We've talked about that yep. before. Or where, Ocean's Eleven. Or sorry, that's the one I was thinking of. Ocean's yep. Eleven. I was thinking heist movies and yeah, same. Uh, but it's Ocean's not that Eleven because yeah. the two Italian jobs have different endings as well. Yeah, so but the, yeah, the the Ocean's Eleven was the one I was thinking of, and like those are drastically different endings. Yes, um, yeah. So it's it's a really it's a really terrific. Well, I I feel like if it's when you, when you have those moments, I like to be able to see the two different and be like, okay, yeah, I like that one better. I, I like that ending better. It's also a, a completely different film because it's a samurai era feudal Japan. Versus the Western era in Mexico. In Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that is my number four, Seven Samurai. Great. My number three, I've talked about it before, and I I can't remember, maybe in foreign films, but it's Rafifi. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I know I've talked about it somewhere because I I remember discussing it, but it's basically, it's a French movie. Four men plan a technically perfect crime, but the human element, element, not elephant, that's John Merrick. So the human element yeah. intervenes. Right. I can't remember exactly what that means because I haven't seen this movie in about 12 years. <laughs> but it's a really phenomenal movie. The best part is the heist. It's about a 20-minute scene where, they, where they, they do the robbery. Right. It is all done silently. All you hear is 
the sound of the tools and the sound of like whatever the tools are scraping. Cool. It's really neat. The, the, there's no music, I don't think, and there's no no dialogue because they don't want to give it the, give themselves away. Yeah. Which is why it's the technically perfect crime, I yeah. guess. It's a really really cool movie, and uh, I really like. I watched it in a film class when I wasn't actually taking the film class. I just went every Tuesday and watched the movies. Right. Because why not? It was a free movie. Yeah. And I had a friend who was in the movie or in the in the class, and so we just hang out and watch the movies. It was terrific. Yeah. Um, the guy, the main character, the the main actor in the movie is he's a French guy, but he kind of he's basically like a French Humphrey Bogart. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. So it's a really really cool film. Cool. I think I rated it an eight on IMDb. So. Definitely worth checking out. It's just one of those ones that's kind of hard to find. Yeah. Foreign, old foreign films, you have to either catch them when they're on or just, that's it. Exactly. Cool. So your number three was... Rafifi. There you go. R-I-F-I-F-I, for anybody who's trying to write these down. My number three is Singing in the Rain. Oh, yes. How could it not be on here? It is one of the best movie musicals ever made. That's fair. It's amazing. It's a Gene Kelly... With Debbie Reynolds. Okay. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about Singing in the Rain? Um. Well, obviously I know the the. You know the, the song. song Singing in the Rain. I'm trying to think. Is that the? Is it about movies? Yes. And it's about the transition to sound. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. That is what this one's about. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's also a stage stage play. Yep. Which is very tricky to do because you have to have rain. Oh, you need it. Yeah. It's called Singing in the Rain. You have there to There better have be the rain, rain in yeah. that play. <laughs> and they did it at the Pump House. A community theater did it. And that's when I, like, that's where I kind of learned all about Singing in the Rain. And they had rain. And they messed up the Pump House floor. I'm not surprised if you don't do it right. Yeah. Yep. It's like, that's ambitious. It's also a tough musical to do. You need somebody really good. Well. <laughs> like three really, really good actors. Yeah. Because, like, um, the Donald O'Connor part is not easy. The Make Him Laugh song? Oof. Right. It's like three minutes of almost killing yourself doing slapstick while singing. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure whoever did that part did it well. I don't know who it was, but I know the theater company. I'm like, yeah, I don't think you guys had a lot of a lot of options. So it was Fair probably enough. this guy. Ugh. <laughs> Um, but there... it's community theater. Yeah. That's like, so they're doing it. That's exactly. cool. And I appreciate, I mean, I've worked with this company since because they did Tommy and I wanted to do Tommy. Yeah. Design it, not be in it because I don't have the pipes Range to do Daltrey. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Anyway, Singing in the Rain. Yeah. It's also, technically it's a musical review because a lot of the songs were taken from other earlier musicals oh, that were successful uh, and put in to construct a story about movies oh okay that makes sense so right cool but yeah it's it's very 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 good nifty um man i need to watch more movie musicals i give them such a hard time and we've been asked to do our top i know and And i could i I could i've I've seen enough but i yeah i've seen enough movie musicals for sure would grease be on there though do you like grease no i don't would it have to be in your top 10 because okay I mean, they're not. They might not be your your conventional movie musicals, but I've I've seen enough that I probably wouldn't have to put Grease on there. Cause... I suppose if I technically allow the fact that Disney can be considered to be sometimes oh, musicals, I'm then you're okay. But that's not really the spirit of the question. No, so. I know. But I I think I could still do it. It's just I I would like to to watch some more to kind of round it out. 
Okay. But I, I probably if you could. had told me this like a week ago, I could have stocked you up with about four of the best that Busby Berkeley ever did. Because they I'm were all sure on. sure they'll be on again. Yeah, just not back to back. They did oh, a musicals night. And it was it. just like all of the really good ones that I love. Like if we, when we do, if, when it's we gonna or happen. I do yeah. a th- like 30s and back list. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's going to be, there's a pile of Busby Berkeley. Cool. Like early MGM Warner Brothers stuff. That's okay. That's just, oof. Nice. Uh, okay. Number three, Singing in the Rain. Great. My number two is the last of my animated movies. It's one of my. It's probably my favorite Disney movie of all time. It's gotcha. Peter Pan. Yep. It's it's Peter Pan. Yeah. I love the story. I love the myth of or the legend of Peter Pan. Yeah. I I, I like. I remember almost... mocking you, kind of not mocking you, but playing off of what the story kind of could be in a lost episode. Yeah. It's like yeah, no, he's killing them. Yeah, I do remember. Peter that. Pan is yeah. killing those children. <laughs> Live forever. <laughs> Oh yeah, Peter Pan the the sadist. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean, I like I like many of the incarnations of Peter Pan. Oh yeah, there are some that I don't like. I mm. didn't care for the like the one in the two thousands that came out. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Fair. Um, but I mean, Hook was amazing. Yes, yes, and, it was. But I mean, this this one is just it's it's so good and so inappropriate oh man it does not age well it does not there's some like cinderella and lady in the trap there might be a few a few bits and pieces like dumbo once you get past the crows it's not but when you're singing a song what 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 makes the red man red or conversely following the leader one of the verses is we're off to find the engines yep that is not okay not anymore. Not nope. anymore. In the 50s, I'm sure it was universally it was accepted the 50s. because they were able to put it in this movie, but it is not okay now. No. There's a lot of that movie that is culturally inappropriate. Yep. But like like when they when they were sending out the Looney Tunes DVDs and Whoopi Goldberg came on and said, "There's a lot of offensive crap in here, but this it's 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 a time capsule. This is. is what it was at the time. So that's why they're not changing anything. That's why they're not affecting anything. It's just like we're going to we're going to run it the way it is. We're going to present it the way it is because that's how it was in the fifties. And I was like, this is so. What you it's and it's what should be done. Absolutely, but you just have to accept that. Exactly. It's the same with. Um, and it doesn't change the fact that Peter Pan's a great animated film. Absolutely, and a good story. Yeah, but. You do have to get past those few things that yeah. are no longer okay. It's the same with Huck Finn. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I, I don't agree that that they should be editing or changing the name of Jim nope. in the in the book because nope. that was the way it was written, and to change it is like pretending that it never happened, right? And that's dishonest. Yep. But yeah. moving forward, when you read that book now, or when you read it to somebody, you sh- you can read it and then be like, "This is why it's not okay." So this is the way it was 150 years ago, but this is not okay anymore. Right. So anyway, that's I think that's why and Peter Pan is just so good, and Peter it's Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah. And Captain Hook and Smee is so, I I love Peter Pan. <laughs> yep. So that's my number two, Peter cool. Pan. My number two is Some Like It Hot. Ah, yeah. I figured that would be on there somewhere. The fact that you haven't seen this Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis, Marilyn Monroe film, the number one comedy of all time, according to the American Film Institute, and one of the top movies ever made, again, according to AFI, 
is amazing to me. Because you love Marilyn Monroe. I do. You love Jack Lemmon comedies. I do, yeah, yeah. You probably would like Tony Curtis in this. Probably. And I know a lot of people love this movie. Yeah, because it's amazing. And, like, the best comedy ever made, so... According to the American Film Institute, a place that does literally only this. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes they've been wrong. Sure. Sometimes, but... Well, they still love Citizen Kane, and I'm not as big a citizen... Like, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made. Right. But I get it. Yeah. But it's just... But when they Regardless of what you think about their, their ideas and whether or not they, like... Sure, you don't like Citizen Kane, but you still appreciate the AFI for what they... Oh, yeah. For everything, for the list and what they know. And... I don't appreciate Citizen Kane being number one, because I don't think it's a better film overall than compared to The Godfather. Sure. But I understand why they put it there, and right. I understand their reasoning, and I can appreciate that. Yeah. But when somebody walks up to me and is like, yeah, Citizen Kane's the greatest movie ever made, after I ask them if they've seen it, and invariably they usually say no... Sure. Then I'm like, so why do you... And they're like, oh, it's on the AFI list. And that's a problem for me because it's just like, okay, if you're using that list... You need to form your own opinion. Yes. Yeah, I get that. So I would never say... I couldn't say that that I think that Some Like It Hot is the greatest com. This is the best comedy of all time. Right. Because I haven't seen it. I could say... I could contend, well, the AFI says that it is, so it's probably a very good movie, but I can't form that my I can't form that opinion myself until I've seen it. And do I think it's the greatest comedy of all time? I don't know if I'd say that. Sure. But it's an amazing movie. Amazing movie. It's number two in your in your list of top movies from the fifties. It has to be good. Which for me is saying not to put down your list, because it's a very good list. I have not like there's nothing on there I would disagree with. Sure. But I have seen Ten times the number of movies you have in the fifties, yeah. probably sounds about right. So yeah, number two for me. Yes, cool. So two musicians witness a mob hit. Okay, uh, the two musicians are Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Mm-hmm. So to get away from being killed for being witnesses, they hide in an all women's band, pretending to be women. That sounds amazing. Yep, it's like three company, three's company in a movie form. Sure. And they both so they both fall for Marilyn Monroe, but they're women. Playing oh, women. Oh interesting. Ha. Huh. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. It's I can't And it's Jack Lemon. Jack Le- and Jack Lemon, like Tony Curtis is more of the straight comedy sure. side of it. Yeah. And Jack Lemon is the more Jack Lemony crazy kind of fun. Amazing. I love Jack Lemon. It's so good. Awesome. It is so good. Well, and Marilyn Monroe's quite good in it too. It's probably one of her best films. Oh great. Okay. You can see there's a few moments, and we've talked about this before when we've talked about Marilyn. Mm-hmm. There's a few moments in this film especially where you can see frustration in some of her co-stars because she was, this is 1959, mm-hmm. so she is drinking heavily right. by this point. So you can see it in some of the scenes, but they never don't work. It right. almost adds this extra element of where it's just like we're getting, no, I know this, this is what I want, but it's getting hard right and it works okay so cool yeah interesting yeah i'll once once it's on the pvr then i'll definitely make sure i watch that one some like it hot my number two all right my number one is streetcar named desire okay sure i mean again it's a better play than it is a movie yes but but it's a very good movie it's hard to ignore Marlon Brando as Stanley because he's I've seen Streetcar on stage yeah 
Not even close. No, like, and he's I would have so good. I would have loved to have seen him do it on stage. Yes. I mean, you would have had to be alive or in a streetcar. What's that? Or in a streetcar. <laughs> yes. Also that. Can't you hear me, Yella? <laughs> You're putting me through Hella, Stella, Stella. Done by Brando. Uh, that... <laughs> I would pay to see that. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good in the movie, though. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why it's up there. I, I, I've also read this script a ton of times. I've dissected Streetcar Named Desire in school, in yep. in high school, in in university, probably in grad school at some point. I just I have such a passion for this for this script and for this story. Right, and I just love watching Brando and just ooze masculinity. I guess. Yep, and just. I mean, Carl Alden is great in that, and everybody's so good in their parts. And it, anyway, yeah, it's just it's a phenomenal film. Yeah. So and, and culturally, everybody again, it's been spoofed on Seinfeld and The Simpsons, and like anywhere has done Streetcar because yep. it is so iconic. Yeah. So I mean, it's I feel like it's almost a cop out having it number one, but no. I just really really like it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. I'm fine with it. So that's my number one, Streetcar Named Desire. Okay. It, I'm guessing, I don't I'm, I don't think I'll be able to guess your, your movie, but I'm guessing it's another courtroom drama? Yeah. Yeah. I've mentioned this one tons. Inherit the Wind? No. Okay, that's, because that's a later decade, right? I think so, 61 Yeah, because I, I think we brought it up. Spencer Tracy then. and yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, which one is this? Anatomy of a Murder. Oh, damn. Yeah, I probably should have guessed Jimmy that. Stewart bookends my top ten. Nice. It is so good. So, so good. It's not in my top ten films of all time, but I can't imagine it falls beyond top 20. Is that right? It's an amazing courtroom drama. Here's, and I'm just going to read verbatim what the description is, because I don't think I could sum it up better than this. Okay. In a murder trial, the defendant says he suffered temporary insanity after the victim raped his wife. What is the truth, and will he win his case? And again, thinking about that, this was made in 1959. Yikes. Ben Gazzara? Gazzara? I don't remember how to say his name, but Ben Gazzara plays the soldier who is the defendant. Okay. And it's a soldier, so you've tied that sort of into it as well. Uh, Lee Remick plays his wife. George C. Scott plays the prosecutor. Oh, my groin! Up against James Stewart's defendant or defender. Whoa! That's so. That's the courtroom drama is between George C. Scott and Jimmy Stewart in nineteen fifty nine. Smokes. It's two hours and forty minutes long. You see pretty much from when they get Jimmy Stewart in to do like to handle the case through like the process of gathering evidence and through the court, and then all of a sudden something comes up. So Jimmy Stewart will send his secretary out to find the deposition that he needs. But he's in court in an hour, so they've got to work this out, and then you get the two different sides of it, and, oh, it's brilliant. Cool. I obviously won't tell you what happened, because it spoils He dies at the end? Yeah, aliens. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it on the... As I was going through a list of movies from the 50s, it was on every list. It's way up there, because it's... Oh, yeah. Just so good. But just, like, think about that. George C. Scott and Jimmy Stewart going head-to-head for 
it's not the full, obviously, two hours and 40 minutes, because there's a lot with the defendant, and he's got to figure out, like, what actually happened, or to the best that he can. Right. But you get a good, at least an hour to hour and a half of the two of them going, like, loggerheads. Cool. It's so good. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. And I'm sure that one gets played on TCM fairly regularly. It does. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart days, George C. Scott days sometimes, Ben Gazzara days sometimes. All right. Lee Remick days. Like, yeah, they'll show it. And they will show it probably three times a year at least. Well, I'll keep an eye out for it. So my number one, my favorite movie from the 50s is Anatomy of a Murder. Nice. Well, I guess that's it. You, Mr. and Miss Internet, are the lifeblood of our podcast. And we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron. That's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord. That's Sean with a U. And we are at Guys from Podcast. You can email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook us at The Guys From. Or you can invent a time machine, travel back in time, and carve a message to us in the Bow River Valley. Yeah. If you enjoy the Guys From Podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your co-workers, tell strangers, teach the name to parrots, and have them just repeat the name, the Guys From Podcast, over and over again until everyone at the pet store asks you to leave. I like that. That's a good plan. Only you can help our podcast grow. Also, if you do enjoy what we are doing, throw us a rating or a view on iTunes. Nothing helps us get the word about the guys from podcast out there better than a rating on iTunes does. We are available on pretty much anywhere that podcasts are available, including Player FM, Podbean, the Blueberry app, and Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? It's not really a plug, per se, but as most of you are way ahead of me and are aware that I tend to lag as far as watching things, you'll be happy to know that since we last talked, I burned through the first season of Daredevil. So, one down, one to go. It won't be long, but I've also heard that just I should watch it like Daredevil season one, then Jessica Jones, then Daredevil season two. Sure. So I think that's what I'm going to do. But I'm catching up, you guys. Yeah. Sean? <laughs> On our website, theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this keen podcast... Sorry, I just, I had to look up 50 slang, and I'm like, what? Oh, whatever. Keen. That's fine. Awesome. We also write articles on things like music, indie music every Tuesday, and throwback tracks every Thursday, sometimes even some music from the 50s. Ooh. We're also still in the very last couple of weeks of our top 100 Simpsons episodes of all time. So if you haven't started, you've been waiting for us to get into the top 20, now is the time. And where can I find all that again, Sean? Why, that's at our website, theguysfrom.com. Roger. Also, head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, and review needs. And also, I say this every time we do a top 10 list, if you haven't seen any of the movies on our lists, we obviously stand by liking them. We obviously stand by the fact that we think that these are worth watching. And especially when it gets into these movies, when we start getting into black and white, I know there are those people who do not watch them because some of them don't age well. Well, these do. Yeah. Special thanks to The Sweets for our swell opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. Also, special thanks to The Tragically Hip and the CBC for broadcasting their last concert last weekend. Uh, One-third of the country of Canada tuned in to see that broadcast. 11 point something million people. Yep. That's insane. So thank you to both the CBC and the HIP for letting the entire country be a part of that. 
Yeah, really good call by the CBC. Absolutely. I really appreciate the fact that they did that. Yeah. And I'm not even that much of a hip fan. I think a lot I of people it. weren't or aren't, but they were such a Canadian icon that it's like, well, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. This has been episode 130. 130. The Iridium Anniversary <laughs> Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I am Sean. And I am Dave. Taking us out this week is Long John Lev and their song Charity Quilt. If you like what you hear, you can check them out at their website, longjohnlev.com. Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast, send us an MP3 or the link to your SoundCloud. Or carve it into the side of the Bow River Valley. Sure. Yeah, you could do that with a song. Sheet music. Yeah, there you go. And we'll just... (laughs) Dave will hum it. We'll transcribe it. Yeah. And we'll make sure it gets on here. But do it. Send it to us. Find a way to get it to us. We're big fans of the indie community, and we want to lend our support. Our email address, if you want to just go old school, is... I guess not as old school as Don't dwell on it. Just go. Don't dwell on it. (laughs) Guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing actually started to pay a little bit. Yeah, this podcast was the bee's knees. Well, I'm a living rendition of a charity quilt Stitched from pieces of these people in these lives I built I stitched that for something for the rest but who I really am is in my best guess but who I really am is in my best guess Oh, oh, oh won't you tell me who I am Oh, 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 oh just tell me who I am Well, I'm a rebel on both sides of a civil war I don't really know what I'm fighting for To be better or worse, it's a definite yes But who I really am is in my best guess and who I really am is in my best guess Oh, 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 oh you tell me who I am Who I really am is in my best guess But who 
I really am isn't my best guess. Who I really am isn't my best guess. Who I really am isn't my best guess.